Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where we're taking names and drinking reds. What up? I'm drinking wine. Pat is not a fan of wine, loves his beer, loves his whiskey. You've not seen him have some rum before. Never wine, though. Never been on the wine train. Never. I've had gin, right? I like Tom Collins. I okay, like that yeah. drink. Yeah. And so my um, wife has been on a mission. Yep. She had, oh, with vehemence to get me to like some kind of wine. And I love what I'm drinking right now. Yep. It's bourbon. 1,000 Stories? Is that what it's called? I don't know. We could just call it Buffalo Buffalo wine. wine. It's got a picture of a buffalo on the front. But it's bourbon barrel That makes barrel it age. sound so cheaper than it actually is, I'm sure, though. Well, I don't know. I didn't buy it. but It's not expensive. But, uh, yes, bourbon it's barrel so aged wine. It's that's, so good. That's the old, you know, that's your little gateway, the bourbon barrel aged part. Okay, so I'm glad. Dude, there's always a gateway. I'm glad this came up because I saw something in a commercial tonight, and it blew my mind. So, Bourbon barrel aged wine. We've had, you know, beer that's aged in bourbon barrels, Jack Daniels barrels, tequila barrels, whatever, right? Yeah. Wine barrels. I saw something today on a commercial. It's this new Jameson that they have out. Okay. It's a, an Irish whiskey that's been aged in IPA barrels. So now we're aging whiskey in beer barrels. In beer barrels. Wow. It seems backwards to me. It does. I'm not opposed I'm, to trying it, but I can't imagine... I wonder what the advantage of that is. Dude, they, beer barrels aren't a thing. You keep beer in kegs. You don't keep it in barrels. You only put it in barrels if you're trying if to you're age trying the to beer. Age it, so, it's, so it's whiskey then beer in beer barrels that have been aged in whiskey barrels. Probably. That's it my guess. Be, right? They were whiskey barrels, then they were beer barrels, now they're whiskey barrels again. I We've gone full circle. If it, so it, in my mind, it would need to be a double IPA or stronger if you're going to really get any hint of that hop flavor into the whiskey. I wonder. I wonder what beer they aged their Jameson in. I don't know. We gotta find that out, dude. Uh, yeah, we need to drink that. I mean, I'll why try don't it. you have some right now in your house? I don't. It depends on how much it costs. I don't know. Oh, if dude, I'm... I went and bought pe- six or a pale bock, which is my favorite Sierra Nevada. My favorite beer. So, so Sierra Nevada has this old Chico line that they only sell in Chico, and pale bock just came out, and it is so good. It's my favorite beer. So I brought a six over here, and I did not see that Jameson, and I looked in the whiskey section. Yeah, I have this running joke that if Pat was on a desert island and he could take three beers with him, he would take Palebach and pour those other two beers into the sand. <laughs> it's true. And there's no running going on in that joke. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, we got a weird question today. It's my So I got, it's not even a question I was directly asked. So let me set the stage. Can, so, I, can I be the one to ask the question? Yeah, 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 yeah. Should yeah. I do it now? Yeah. Because I, I like to tell people that I speak fluent Pat. Here, let me have a sip. Hold and, on. And this uh, question is in perfect Pat language. <laughs> the question today is, why come you so judgmental? Perfect Pat Mathers language. For cuz. Yeah. That's I can only, be. That's the only appropriate response to that. Pat, yeah. why come you so judgmental? Okay, I do talk like that when I'm not careful in my thinking and trying to be articulate. Like my na- my default is 
For why come, Brian? Why? So that's where that comes from. Okay, so what happened is I'm taking online college classes from Grand Canyon University. And uh, I need these classes in order to get oh, my... Oh, go Lopes, by the way. My, there you go. Go Lopes. I have funeral director license. So um, in the class, there was a question asked by the teacher, what do you do to suspend your critical thinking skills so that you can celebrate the diversity of other religions? Okay. If you ask that question in so many colleges, what do you do to suspend your critical thinking? <laughs> right. It, it has a very limited context, a lim- very limited place that it could be. Well, asked. more. I was just thinking they're probably going to say they drink a lot or something like that. That's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like more of like you're going to get a lot of goofy answers. But uh, pardon me. Continue. Please. Yeah. So was so I was so I answered the question by saying, well. Those aren't mutually exclusive. You don't need to suspend your critical thinking skills because the the implication is, is that if you're a critical thinker, then you're judgmental and you're harsh against these other religions and you're saying that, oh, they're this and they're that and they're damned or whatnot. And, and my point was that you don't need to suspend your critical thinking skills that you, sh- you can't... They might not grow back. <laughs> They might not. And and some people I don't think ever had them. And some people they might not grow back. But for for me, I responded by saying you don't they're not mutually exclusive. You can still critically think and make a judgment about said religion and say whether it's valid or not, and yet still totally be friends with these people, still appreciate the cultural relevance that that religion provides part of society, you can understand why they are the way they are, and you can still be good friends with these people. You, 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 you don't have to suspend your critical thing, your judgment, your judgment. And somebody jumped in the forums and was like, oh, you're so judgmental. Why come you're a jerk to these people? Why, <laughs> how would you say that? Oh, we need to celebrate diversity and we need to be all about love and this kind of stuff. So, if I were reading the e- the the question, it isn't far off from what I just said. It, <laughs> it's it's those almost those words, uh, and I read it in that tone of voice because I'm so clever and and all that. But the I responded by saying, you know, thank you for your feedback. It, this is it's delightful to be able to converse like this. The truth of the matter your is, your business is, means a lot to us. <laughs> We will be with you as soon as the <laughs> next representative is available. Hey, That's what, what you do you think my hold music would be if I were a business? Should Let's just go off topic for a oh, second. Oh, gosh. Your hold music. I feel like it would be some kind of house music. Oh, I was thinking the circus song. The thing is, some of the music you listen to sounds like some really intense hold music. Circus music. Because it's repetitive. Yeah. Um, So I would say either some kind of house music or something from the Oh Brother Where Art, the house soundtrack. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Okay. That'd be too enjoyable for hold music, though. (laughs) You're supposed to entice people to hang up with hold music, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Is that the thing? Is that why, why they... That's why mine would be a didgeridoo. <laughs> 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 
That's about all I could take. It. You're right. I would hang up on you for that. Wow. And I would write you a sternly worded email <laughs> that didn't have anything to do with the problem I was originally calling about. I would, but co- had to do with that didgeridoo. I would respond. I would respond to your email with a phone call and promptly put you on hold. Dude, you suck at business. <laughs> I suck at letting you get to the point. No, uh, I got my point still chambered in my mind. I know where I'm going here. Cool. I'm not. I'm not wandering right, well, aimlessly. Please, please continue because I'm wandering aimlessly. <laughs> okay, so I said thank you for your comment. We're saying using the word, and here's what I want to get to. Here's why I want to address this question. We're using the word judgment in two different ways. She was using the word judgment in terms of being condemnatory. And what I mean by that is that I am condemning and therefore the conclusion that I come to is actually an abusive conclusion. Okay? Right. She is assuming that my critical thinking skills have led to passing judgment and that passing judgment has led to condemnation and that condemnation has led to abuse and discrimination, okay? So her use of the word judgment is actually five steps removed from the actual word itself. Whereas I was using the word judgment, and I was saying that I use my critical thinking skills to make a judgment based upon the facts that are presented to me in other people's religions, and I understand that the facts dictate to me that this religion might be false, that these people don't believe in the true and living God, which I, I make no apologies for. I'm a Christian. But yet I still can absolutely love them, absolutely appreciate their culture, absolutely learn from them, absolutely be, be you know, prodded on to grow and to mature. I mean, there's just so much benefit in being around different cultures and different religions and, and whatnot. It, it just happened to us recently. We were hanging out with this Muslim dude and, oh my gosh, he made the dude, best Muhammad food. was great. He made dude. the best food. Oh, the lamb and the dude, everything. It's, he made, there was what was it? It was hearts, livers, hearts, kidneys. Hearts, liver, kidney, and onion. With onions. Or whatever. It was amazing. kidney, yes. And it was amazing. And he gave me some of his Saudi coffee, and <sighs> I still need to try that. I need to get cardamom. You're supposed to... Yeah, like, you got to... You're supposed to brew it with cardamom. He <clears> said, <throat> do not use a coffee filter. You just put it in the pot. You grind it mm-hmm. coarse. You put it in the pot. You basically boil it for 15 minutes, and then you just let it settle with the coffee grounds and the or cardamom, and you just basically scoop it off the top. So we still need to do that. But anyway, we're hanging out. The point out with is, look the what ha- we we're learned out. from this guy. Well, not only the food stuff, because, of course, like everybody loves food and whatever, and that's almost low-hanging fruit, pardon the expression. Um, but we were talking about, you know, we were given, busted, you know, somebody's chops about, you know, whether, what should we do about the homeless people and blah, right, blah. We right. were talking about cultural serious things issues, and yeah. serious issues and whatever else. And, um, and we were joking around and having a good time, and we were enjoying this dude. And what do we want to do as soon as this guy leaves? We're not like, oh, was it so weird being around that Muslim dude? Not at all. What have we been saying ever since? Like, when do we get to hang when out with him again? When do we get to again? hang out with him again? I want to hang out with this guy more. Yeah. So, and and yes, there is a sense where we both have been... Oh, look, our, let's be perfectly honest here. Our lives are judgment. You judged 
all of your other shirts and decided to wear that one today for whatever freaky, bizarre reason. You it has have a an, shark jumping out of the pocket. An orange shirt with no neck. It's like, I don't know why you'd wear that, except maybe you were working out and the neck chafes you. <laughs> but No. <laughs> okay. See, but look at So here's the point. I'm judging it. Yeah, you right? are. But, but am I condemning it? A little bit. No, 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 no. Okay, maybe a little bit. Am I abusing you? Okay, yeah, maybe a little bit. I feel but, like this is a bad example. No, no, no. I'm kind of setting you up here. Okay. Okay. So, so, but we make these kind of judgments all the time. And while this one is funny and we can totally laugh about it, the truth of the matter is, is we make these judgments all the time. I judge the person driving in front of me if I can trust them or not by how often they break, if they put their turn signal on, if they weave a little bit back and forth. I'm constantly making judgments. The person in line in front of me at the bank, I'm judging uh, based upon how this person stands, how many papers are in their hand, w- how quickly is this person going to go ahead of me so I can get to the teller next, right? Right. Constant. That's that's what our lives are, is critical thinking, and we make judgment based upon the sensual, and by sensual I mean senses, sensory input that we take, whether it's what we see, what we hear, what we feel. We take this in and we make judgments based upon it. That's not wrong. Based on that definition, would you say there's a difference between judgment and discernment? Oh, yes. In, in I think it would be a more technical sense. And discernment is probably, if I'm going to be really technical, my response based upon my judgment. So I'm, I'm judging something and I'm taking in facts and I'm coming to a critical decision. And my discernment is how I act based so, upon that So they're that basically judgment. adjacent to one another. Yeah, 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 yeah. One flows into the other. Sure, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But, but they're very closely related. T- totally. Okay. Totally. And I think, I, I think discernment, judgment, these things are absolutely good things. The, the, but there's this pejorative context of judgment that is so prevalent in society that you can throw it out there and it's almost a cultural like stop sign, right? So if I get the whiff that you're saying something that I don't like, I can say, Brian, stop, you're being judgmental. And what am I saying? Uh, I'm not saying everything that I just said, right? No, you're saying that you hate the way that I think. You hate my opinion. You hate my everything. Right, you're being a jerk. Or yeah. or you're being you're being harsh. You're, you're being discriminatory. You're being bigoted. You're being prejudiced, right? Totally. It's, it's all of those things wrapped up into it. And biblically speaking, people go back to Matthew chapter 7, where, or pardon me, Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, Judge not lest you be judged, right? And you talked about homeboy who wants to have only God can judge me tattooed on his back and, and that kind of thing. And, and, and so people say, you know, you can't judge other people. Well, that's not what Jesus said in the whole context. He said a lot more than that. He said, judge not lest you be judged. And then he went on to explain how you can actually judge other people. And his context wasn't to be mean, to be harsh, to be critical. He said, look at yourself first. And if you see, like, Brian, you're sitting across from me. If I see you have a little dirt speck on your cheek, 
but yet I have a massive smear of dirt across my head. It behooves me, right? I should clean my own face off first before I'm at all concerned about you and the little speck on your face. Jesus's metaphor is more exaggerated that you have a speck in your eye, but I have a giant two by four beam, a log sticking out of my eye. So what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to take a critical look at myself, examine myself before I make that critical examination of other people. But Jesus never says, don't ever make that critical examination. He just says, make sure you look at yourself first. In fact, in John chapter 7, Jesus actually teaches his disciples that they should judge with a righteous judgment, meaning in light of God's character, in light of God's personage, in light of his revealed word, that's what I'm supposed to use when I make my judgment. That's humbling to me, and that puts in perspective what I need to think about you. So uh, let's, um, let's make this real practical. So in our last episode, we talked about you know unethical practices in the church. And we talked about reaction one is how dare you, and reaction two is there go I, but for the grace of God. So let's let's put it into that context would judge not lest ye be judged or you know with with that attitude that we had about the unethical practices like oh there go i but for the grace of god and then we you know we have the anger too is that is that what we're talking about right now yeah but we did it in reverse order when we talked about it right but but right. it is you see exact- how i summed no, up no, no, in no. reverse the yeah, second yeah. time to be yeah. more flattering to us no 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 we- <laughs> Yeah, because we mow better. Yeah. So what we did is we asked the question about these pastors who have unethical practices, and we immediately judged based upon our critical thinking skills that are founded upon the Word of God that their actions were unbiblical, were uncharacteristic of what a Christian and a pastor should be, and therefore they should be ashamed of themselves. And all of those things, we made judgments. And I don't, I don't make apology for any of those things. Because the second part of what you said, well, the first part of what you said, the second part in our podcast, was that we take very careful pains to make sure that we don't fall into those traps. We have already prejudged ourselves, as it were, to use Jesus's words, taken the beam, taken the log, to take in the thing out of our own selves. We've been very careful to examine ourselves first before we go looking at anybody else. But once we've done that, we have to look at other people. Part, part of you know who we are as people, like I said, is judging. But part of being a Christian in terms of me wanting to, what's the thing I always say? that you would know Jesus better and love him more at the end of whatever it is, the podcast, than you did when you started the podcast. That you would know Jesus better and love him more than you did at the end of church when you came into church. That you would know Jesus better and love him more at the end of our conversation than when we started. All of those things are going to, if that's what I really believe about you and I really want for you, it's implicit in that is that I'm going to judge something and I'm going to want you 
to, in this area, hopefully be motivated to love Jesus better and know him more. It might be subtle. It might even be beneath the surface subconsciously that I'm not aware of, and the Holy Spirit's doing that work. But in my own mind, inevitably, there's something. And I pray and I hope that there's something in your mind when you're talking with me as well that you would motivate me towards that as well. So when somebody hears us talking about like, oh, no, we, we definitely make judgments. And, you know, Jesus even said, that, you know, you know, it's good to make judgments, blah, blah, blah. I, I think I want to ask you a question that I already know the answer to. Um, just but everybody for, else might not. Well, for clarity's sake. Yeah. You're right. Um, so when Jesus calls us to judge in the context that you already stated, is that something that has the danger of breeding bigotry when done the way that Jesus asked us to? No. Right. No, not when it's done the way Jesus asks us to. Because if we are truly following Christ, that means we want the heart of Christ, which means I want the Holy Spirit to empower me and motivate me, inform me, and shape me. And Christ was the most attractive to the people who were the most sinful. Right. I mean, those people gathered around him. I mean, there's some, there's some hardcore people who came around Jesus, like that woman in Luke 7 that I love to go back to that story, who was a prostitute, who came and she wept at Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her hair. Now, in the, in the culture of that day, that was so sexual that there's no two ways about it. I don't want to mince words, but I don't want to soft sell it either, is that was just raw sexuality that that woman was exhibiting. And I'm, I'm going to just be honest, that was the only way she knew how to love a man. And Jesus didn't turn her away. In fact, in that moment, Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven, and turned to the Pharisee who had invited him to that meal, you're the one who actually committed sin because you didn't treat me as lovingly as this woman has. That's mind-blowingly radical. And what did Jesus do there? He judged her. He judged him. The way he judged her was by saying that he saw how she was treating him, and yet at that very same time, he forgave her of her sins. There was still a judgment that took place there. How did he judge the Pharisee? He judged him in his actions, and his he condemned. So if I have the heart of Jesus, it's not going to lead me to prejudice and bigotry. It's going to lead me to righteousness and accuracy. It's going to lead me to precision and clarity. It's going to lead to a division between those who don't really love God in their hearts and those who actually do. And those who actually do are honestly going to look a lot rougher and a lot messier. And so in light of that, those th that's what we're going to find. The, the prejudice is going to come from the person who has a perverted and a twisted sense of right and wrong that they're using to act upon when they do go out and judge another person. That's where the racism, the hatred for the LGBT community, for, you know, women who've, who've had abortions, you know, when there's real hatred against them, you know, the, the Westboro Baptist bastards, you know, that I've talked about before, th th those guys, that they're, the reason they're so harsh and judgmental is because they are judging from a wrong foundation. 
And they need to, they're the ones who actually need to be judged correctly and accurately by Christ and by his word. Well, and I was going to add, when you are doing this rightly, when you really are examining yourself and looking for logs in your own eye, you, more often than not, you're going to find one. You are go- th- this type of practice is not going to lead to bigotry. It's going to lead to humility. Because if you're <laughs> doing it the way that you're supposed to, like I said, I've, we're going to be shocked at how many logs that we find. Well, always. I mean, always. Have you ever had a time where someone, or where you were really pressed in judging someone else that you can't look back and go, yeah, I'm guilty of that same thing too? Not that I can think of. No, none, right? Right. None. So, so we have to go with a lot of humility, and our foundation is Christ and his shed blood for us. Christ died for us that we might have complete and perfect righteousness in him. So where I stand now when I judge is not in a holier-than-thou kind of way. Where I stand is a very humble place of, man, I've been broken because of my sin. And Christ has seen fit to come alongside me and pick me up and say, no, you're mine, I love you, even though you're broken and damaged goods. When I come to anything from that perspective... I think that's a good foundation to come and be able to critically think through an issue. That's why I can come to somebody else who's of a different faith and still be able to appreciate their culture and appreciate them as a friend, all the while knowing I'm just as I, I, I deserve the wrath of God. And by God's grace, he hasn't given it to me. And I would hope that he wouldn't give it to you. And I just want to be friends to these people. I want to love these people. I want, to, I want them to know Jesus the way I do. Right, because are, are you a, in Christ today because you're smarter than them? No. Because you are more prone to righteousness than them? No. Because, you know, you had something in your DNA that makes you more Christian than they are? No. There's nothing in you intrinsically that makes you any better off than they are. None. Not a thing. None. There's no cause for boasting in the gospel of Jesus Christ. None. None. It's not in ourselves. Grace. Not in ourselves. Yeah. We've been saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest anyone should boast. Yeah. And so... Eh. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because, you know, that 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 phrase, your judgmental, gets thrown around an awful lot. And I, I honestly think that there needs to be some clarity and there needs to be some serious thought attached to that phrase or that even that word judge. And I think we have a good biblical foundation from which to define that word and to act in a righteous judgment. What we want to do all along is we want to correct the error. We see so when someone accuses us of judgmentalism, we want to say, now, wait a second, we're using that word in two different ways. Let's make sure we define our terms. So the whole point of this episode is really defining our terms so that hopefully the listener would understand when the phrase judge actually comes up in the context of the church, that there is a different meaning than judgmentalism. It's almost as if you were being judged for using these words. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, man, I I just hope episodes like this are 
you know, eye-opening to the fact that just because we're Christians does not mean that we're jerks and bigots and don't want to hang out with awesome people like Muhammad. Right. It just couldn't be further from the truth. Um, we think that we are more screwed up than you probably think that we are. I know you're wrapping it up, but I want to say one last thing. Echo chambers aren't healthy. Right. And one of the major problems in the American church is that a lot of Americans live in an echo chamber where they just hear people who are saying the exact same things they are, and they're repeating the exact same things that they heard. That's so unhelpful. What we need is we need our eyes open and our pathways broadened so that we have the clarity to be able to speak the gospel truth to so many people and that we can see truly that God has a vast, vast, vast kingdom out there, not just this myopic little one in front of us. I wish so badly that I, like right now, could like rewind and listen to that again because what you just said sounds just so radical compared to the way that I think most people would view the pastor of a Christian church. <laughs> honestly. I hope so. Honestly. So if I you're mean, if you're listening to so. this in your car, if you're walking to class, if you're doing it, rewind and re-listen to what Pat said. <laughs> because, man, that is just something that, I mean, honestly, not just people outside the church, but people inside the church need to listen to a lot of too. Because it's not just those who would oppose the church who are living in an echo chamber. That is something that our own team has been guilty of a ton. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, again, just like we wrapped up the last episode, this is the church. We're, we're a hot mess. <laughs> um, but, you know, the fact that we are able to genuinely look at our own lives and recognize our own is- insufficiencies, um, that's how we have the love and the grace Um, to show others the grace that we've been shown. Listener, we believe that you belong. (laughs) 